First Samuel 21 verse 9 says this, So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. It'll make more sense in just a moment. Let me read one scripture out of the Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 4. And this verse is describing David again. Your neck is like, well, it's, it's describing, it's talking about David. Your, your neck is like the tower of David built for an armory. An armory is where they would house all the weapons and shields on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty Men. I want to share for just a moment on this title, Trophies on the Wall. Trophies on the Wall. How many has ever received a trophy? Let me see your hand. Most ever, if you hadn't, I'm going to go buy you one today. Everybody needs a trophy. Because <laughs> these days, you get a trophy for just participating. They may, I won't even go there. <laughs> but everybody needs a trophy. And a trophy is a tangible, durable reminder about a specific achievement. It serves as a recognition or evidence of an accomplishment or, or a merit. There's trophies for sports achievements. There'll be a big old trophy hoisted up above their shoulders here in two or three Sundays on Super Bowl, whoever wins. There's trophies for, again, for participating. There's trophies for length of service on a job or, or with something. Uh, there's, there's trophies for all kind of things. There's hunters will, will mount a big old buck as a trophy buck and hang it on their wall. I know I've got one. My wife wouldn't let me bring it home when we got married, so it's still in my parents' house on the wall. And at Christmas, they'll put a Santa Claus hat on it and a tie around it and decorate it. But one of these days... One of these days, I'm going to get it back. I don't know where she went. Maybe she didn't hear me. Oh, there you are. <laughs> and these, these bass fishermen, any fishermen here today, you get, 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 catch the big one, what do you do? You're going to mount that thing and hang it on your wall. And what does those things, it reminds you of that great moment where you hung that big old bass or you shot that big old 10-point buck. We receive trophies and we, we awards and we take them home and we'll put them on the mantle. We'll put them on the wall. We'll put them on the bookshelf. And every time we look at them or we see them, we are reminded of a victory or a moment or an accomplishment in our life. In the Bible, when David would conquer armies, they said he would take swords and shields from the most powerful military leaders and armies that he conquered, and he would hang those on his walls in a room he built onto the church or the temple. Basically, they were trophies. And he would look on them, and he would remember how God helped him back there and if God helped him back there surely God can help me right now David one day on a hillside took a rock and I believe the Holy Ghost was inside of his head in a voice and that voice said let it go now point it right there release it now 
it wasn't just David's skill. It was the anointing. And when he let that stone go, that rock hit Goliath, and Goliath fell back, and the earth trembled. He did not kill him with the stone. The stone simply knocked him down, maybe knocked him out on the ground. But the Bible said, what did David do? He ran over, and he took Goliath's own sword. He gripped it with his hands. He held him up by the hair of his head, and he cut his head off in front of all the Philistines, and he held the head of Goliath up. The sword of Goliath in one hand and the head of Goliath in the other. When he did that, all the Philistines, the enemy, began to scatter and run in fear, trembling. And then Israel began to attack. And what a miracle it was. What a victory. What a triumph. What a day it was. What a powerful deliverance God brought. And then the Bible said he took that head. He took it back to Jerusalem. He put it up on the gate of Jerusalem signifying this. One day, I'm going to come back as king and rule over this city. And this is where the story would have probably changed. It wouldn't have been written like it is in the scripture if I had been David and probably some of you. Because after such a huge victory, after defeating such a big giant, I probably would have taken that sword back to my house and I'd have hung it up over the mantle, over the fireplace in the living room, and then I would have sent out a text to every friend I had in my phone, every church. I'd invited them over to my house. Come on. Come on. I, I got to show you something. I would have taken them into the living room. I said, look, do you see that sword? That is Goliath's sword, and do you know who won that sword? I won that sword. I won it. I'd probably taken a moment right there if this had been me in the flesh and I'd said, you know what? You didn't believe in me, but look what I did. You didn't care enough to call me in and send me down to the battle to fight. You thought I was too little. You thought I didn't matter enough. You thought I was insignificant, but look at what's over my mantle today. You should have believed in me. That's what I probably would have done if I'd been in the flesh. But that's not what David did. Watch what David did. If it'd been me, I'd probably stuck it out in the front yard, let every car ride by, and I'd probably stuck it up and said, David lives here. How do you know David lives here? Because there's Goliath's sword in his front yard, and he slew that giant. That's what I would have done, but not David. You know what David did? David took the sword of Goliath to church. He walks the sword of Goliath that he used to slay the giant into the house of God to the temple and he gives it to the priest, the preacher that there and he hands it to him and he says hang it on the wall because that was not my victory. That was God's victory. It was not my success. It was God's success. It was not my triumph. It was God's triumph. I could not have done that by myself. God did that through me. Come on, somebody. How many times have we strutted and held our head up when something good happened, patting ourselves on the chest like it was all us when you know you could not have done it without the Lord on your side? Amen. Hallelujah. David took it to the church, presented it to the priest. And oh, how we need to bring our successes and victories and hang them up in the church 
and realized it was the anointing. It was the presence of God. It was God's instructions to us that enabled us to win. Business person, it was that inner voice of the Holy Ghost that gave you that million dollar idea. The business deal. It wasn't our brilliance. It wasn't our talent. It was the voice of God. So what do we do when we come to church and worship? We take our successes and we hang them up on the wall and we say, God, that's your success. That's your victory. That's your win. That's your triumph. To God be the glory for the great things he's done. It's God's victory. It's not our strength. It's not our victory. Some of you need to get this in your head today that when God begins to bless you, you bring it and you hang it up in the temple and you say this sword doesn't belong at my house as my trophy. It belongs in God's house because he deserves all the glory. If you've ever had a success, if God's ever come through for you, can we just take a moment right here to give him some praise and all the glory that he deserves? Come on, give him a good praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to see this today. We're going to fast forward many years forward. David has gone from defeating Goliath, and man, the people were singing songs about him. And now Saul has chased him out of the palace. David's running for his life. Jonathan warns him, if David, if you don't get out of here now, you're going to die. And David has to flee quickly. He leaves without food. He leaves without clothes. He leaves without money. He leaves without weapons. He runs for his life. But what I love about the story is the first place David, listen to me, the first place David ran to was to the temple. The first place David ran to, he was in trouble. He was running for his life. He didn't have resources. He had no clothes. He had no money. He had no food. He had no weapons. And I love the fact that the first thing, the first place he ran to was to the house of Almighty God. When trouble hits his life, he didn't have anything. He didn't know where to go. He didn't run to depression. He didn't run to hopelessness. He didn't cave in, and he sure didn't stay home and say, what's the use? I give up. I quit. But the first place he ran to when trouble hit him is the last place many times our natural man or woman will want to go. But he ran to the house of my God. Can I preach here and tell you when trouble comes against you, when depression hits your home, when anxiety hits your home, when, when, when lack hits your home, when trouble hits your home, you don't sit there on the couch and sulk and have a pity party. You get up one more time and say, I'm gonna go to the house of the Lord and you grab your wife and you grab your family and you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I ought to get a better amen than you're giving right now because it's the truth today. We want to run to this person and run to this institution and we want to go here for help and we make the last place to go, the church. David made it the first place. First place. 
He gets there and the priest is there and he says, Sir, I'm on assignment from the king. I'm here on an urgent assignment. I had to hurry. I had to make haste about the king's business. I've left all my food. I've left all my money. Can you give me something to eat? He said, I don't have anything. The priest said, I don't have anything here but the holy bread. Oh, that'll do. How many knows that'll do? <laughs> David said, the king said, it would be all right. Give me some of that. And he went to the house of God. He got bread that would nourish him through, nourish him through his crisis. Bread. That's what you do when you get in trouble. You don't stay home. You don't cave in. You don't give in to fear and worry and depression. You run to the house of the Lord and you grab hold of some bread, which is the word of Almighty God. And the bread of life will begin to put life back in you, not death. It's life, not hopelessness life, not depression life, not anxiety life, not fear life. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly today. So he eats, he goes to church. He gets some word, the bread. He begins to get nourished after he eats the bread. He says, hey, uh, high priest, I, I know this is an unusual request, but I was in such a hurry. I didn't just leave without money and clothes and food, but I, I don't have any weapons. Do you think you might have a weapon here in the house of God? And the priest said, you know, we don't have any weapons. We're not fighters. We're preachers. Preachers have to fight too. <laughs> But wait a minute, I do recall, he said, you, we have one weapon. You, you know what, we got one weapon here. As a matter of fact, it was you, David, that brought this weapon to the house of God back when you were just a kid. It hit him, it dawned on him. He said, all we've got here is the sword of Goliath. In fact, David, it was the same sword that you used to kill Goliath. David, would you like to have that sword today? I can imagine seeing David's eyes and his face light up because you know what it did when he saw that sword that he had used to kill a giant? It reminded him of a past victory and he got some encouragement for the dilemma and the problem. He was going, oh, God help me slay that giant back then. Oh, that same weapon, it'll work just fine today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. He took that sword. And I've come to tell somebody that when you understand it's the same sword, the same weapon that has worked and won for generations, that has defeated every giant, every foe that's come against you, against God's people, it's the same name of Jesus. It's the same blood that we sung about this morning. It's the same Holy Ghost that's been in this place. It's the same power and the same weapon of fasting and prayer. And I've come to tell you, prayer still works. It worked back then and it works today. Fasting worked back then and it works today. The blood worked back then, it'll work today. The Holy Ghost worked back then, it'll work today. The same weapons that worked before will work today. David goes out, he begins to fight, he begins to defeat all of his enemies. In fact, he defeats Saul and he becomes king of Israel. He then begins to conquer the Jebusites. He begins to take land. He begins to conquer enemy after enemy. But the Bible said he gathered up all the shields. He gathered up all the swords and the spears of his enemy. And he put 
them and built them and hung them around the walls of the church. He hung them on the walls of the church. Everyone he collected as spoils from the enemy. And he was saying, these up here in the house of God won a battle and God you did that for us and you did that that time for us and Lord you were victorious in that situation situ- it was you it was not me somebody shout it's him you get the glory fast forward and I'm about to close David is dead it's been many more years The Bible says that Athaliah is killing all of David's seed, his generation. He kills all of them except one, a boy named Joash. Joash's mother takes him to the church, the temple, and he hides him in the temple for six years. There came a day when all the captains and leaders of Israel secretly met, and they said, now is the time. Ahab and Jezebel and their kingdom were vulnerable at the time. And if we're going to take this country back, the captains of Israel said, this is the moment. This is time. And somebody spoke up and said, well, I agree it's time. They're vulnerable. They're weak right now. It's a good time. But we don't have any weapons. What are we going to fight with? What are we going to use to take this country back? An old priest by the name of Hamelech that was there said it's not entirely true. And he said, do you remember that old David? When he would win battles, he would come to the temple and he would hang up weapons of war. And he's left swords and shields and spears in this church in a treasury. He said, in fact, they're all back there still right now. Those old weapons that won back then are still there. That generation that used them then have all died, including David, and gone on and home to be with the Lord. And the old weapons are there, but there's a new generation that's here. So two by two, the Bible said, they started going to the temple. And watch this. They went to church, the temple, and they they went in there two by two, acting like they were were praying, but they were actually smuggling the weapons. They would put them up under their robes. And then two more would go in and smuggle them out. They got them off the walls. They took them out. And now Israel is armed and dangerous. The Bible says they attacked and defeated Ahab and Jezebel and their kingdom and Athaliah. They take the kingdom back and they put Joash on the throne. 
In other words, what I'm trying to tell you today is when you bring victories and successes and you hang them on the wall, we are not only doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for the next generation so that when they get in trouble and they get into problems and they don't know what to do, that we hang weapons from our generation on the wall so they will say, oh, there is still a name that has power. The blood still works fast. Oh, mama and daddy got in a tough place right there but I remember seeing them hit their knees in their bedroom and call on the name of and Jesus brought a oh I remember that time right there when grandma and grandpa fasted and they didn't eat I wondered why they didn't eat and they'd go back to that little bedroom and pray that's the time oh that God brought another victory I'm here to tell you church if we don't pray and fast and see God do miracles what are we going to leave the next generation to have there's going to come a time when the next generation hits some problems and comes in and what are they going to have I want my children to be able to see that I've, I've fought and I've used some weapons that work brother Daniel and when they get into their own crises in the future, they'll be able to pull that sword out and say, oh, oh, this worked for mom. It worked for dad. It worked for grandma and grandpa. It worked for brother so-and-so. I use this sword in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, hallelujah. No wonder David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord because those trophies he put up in the house of God were reminders of past victories, oh God. Is anybody thankful, hallelujah, if God's ever done anything good for you, would you get on your feet right now and give him all the glory, all the praise? Anybody thankful? If you're in a dilemma now, if you're in a storm now, you can look back on the wall and say, he was faithful then he'll be faithful today come on worship team come on keep praising him today honor him in this place just stand remain standing I'm done I'm sharing one story with you I read about this church several years ago <laughs> don't mess with me I may do it here get ready you may come into this place one day and you see what I'm fixing to tell you. Don't, don't be surprised. This church had a wall. And you'd walk into their church and hanging on their wall were trophies. Not like we get for sports and stuff. But they had wheelchairs hanging on their wall. They had hearing aids hanging on their wall. They had canes hanging on their walls. They had certificates of divorce that had been ripped up, framed, and hanging on their wall. They had x-rays where it showed malignant tumors hanging on their walls, and then another one where it was gone. They, that was their wall of trophies in the church. My God, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel so bold right now. Calm down. Hold on just a second. I feel the Holy Ghost. So many times we come in defeated. We forget what's hanging on our walls. We forget all the things God has brought us through already and done for us. 
If it had not been the Lord on my side, where would I be? I'd love nothing more to dedicate this entire hallway that wraps around this building just to be full of memorabilia hanging on the walls of how God did a miracle and God came through. <laughs> Trophies on the wall in the house of God. Hey, hallelujah. And you know what? In one, if, if one particular service you show up and you're down and depressed and going through something, you know what all you gotta do? Take a lap. And by the time you get halfway around, the Lord will begin to remind you, I did it then, I did it for them, I can do it for you. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying today? <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 One of these days, on that wall, there's going to be a note from Mount Holly Church that says paid in full. God's done it for other churches. Why can't he do it for us? Does anybody have any trophies on your wall? Has anybody got any trophies on the wall? If they're on your wall at home, you spiritually in this certainty to grab them and bring them to the house of God and present them to Him. If you hadn't done that already, and say, Lord, I give you the glory for this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got trophies on the wall. And the older I get, the more trophies I get on the wall. Stuff don't scare me quite as bad. Stuff don't keep me up at night quite as much. When you had a sword of Goliath hanging on your wall, you need to take courage. And the same God that was with David is with you today. I'm praying right now in this service in just a moment. You're going to hang some spiritual wheelchairs up in this, on this wall today before you go home. Spiritual negative reports hang on the wall. Whatever it may be. God's going to give you the victory and you need to hang it on his wall and say, thank you, Jesus. I could not have done that in my own strength. See, the enemy wants you and I to lose hope today. But the Lord sent me here to remind you that there are weapons. You can't see them with your natural eyes, but if you think about it, there's weapons, trophies all over these walls in this temple today. And they're serving as a reminder that if they work then, they'll work now. And they can be used to defeat the power of Satan that has come to try to steal, kill, and destroy your life, your families, your finances, or your health, or whatever the enemy may be doing. <laughs>